This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okie doke, it's a warm welcome to a fairly new uh, recruit to the Chelsea fancast, but uh, somebody who's uh, done a lot of writing for us, then broke into doing podcasts with us, and of course he's also written a fantastic book, uh, the very lovely Dean Mears. How are you, Dean? Good evening, Chief. Very good to be here. Um, Yeah, very good. Yourself? I'm all right, mate. And remind uh, the listeners of your fantastic book written about the Sarri year. Yeah, the book's called uh, Cult Fiction, How a Year Under Sarri Almost Tore Chelsea Apart. Um, it's available still on Amazon. Obviously, the store's closed down at the moment. Um, but yeah, you can still get a copy. Lovely. Okay. I urge people to do just that. So there you go. Very unbiased view of a, a very controversial, some might say toxic year. But there you go. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the right here and now. We're really here uh, for another episode of uh, My Chelsea, where I get all the... Uh, the boys and girls from the podcast to really have a look back and uh, tell us all about how they started supporting the club and some of their favourite matches, some of their low points as well. You can't have one without the other. So, Dean, how did it all start for you, mate? For me, Chelsea has always been, you know, about my dad. Um, he's been a supporter since like the eighties, and he was there when we got relegated, and he, he broke his foot at that game uh, trying to jump over the benches. Um, I mean, when I first sort of got into football, my sort of my hero was Alan Shearer. Um, this was around the time of Euro '96, um, and my auntie used to buy me Newcastle kits and always Shearer on the back. So if anyone asked me, I would say Newcastle was a supporter of Newcastle. Um, that changed sort of around '97. Just my earliest memory, sort of that commentary away game with the with the kits. Um, what well, the, uh, the 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 yellow? Um... That kind of funny yellow cause one, right? Uh, no, when they had to wear the commentary away shirt because they brought oh, the wrong right, kit on, right, the, on the bus. Of course, um, fuck. That was what was that? Red and uh, black. Red wasn't and it? black. Yeah. yeah. Shit, um, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that sort of sort of turned me around strangely, and then we went to a game uh, together, and yeah, he's been Chelsea ever since. Mm. 
I mean, did you have any memories of your first match, or is it? I mean, because you see, I mean, mine mine are very hazy, but that's because I was drunk. Yeah, mine are hazy as well, but because I was so young. Um, I remember Mark Hughes scored, and my dad was walking up the stairs towards me because my brother had lost me getting some food. So he's coming up the stairs, and I'm walking down them, and Mark Hughes scores a header. Um, I don't know who it was against, what the final score was or anything like that. I just remember him being so annoyed that he had missed um, missed the goal. And that's what become something that's happened a lot since we've been season ticket holders. He's always missing um, the goals. <laughs> so, I mean, in a sense, he's like a, 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 a... I mean, actually, I remember this on the podcast years ago. Uh, Ross Mooring, who you... I don't know if you've, you've met Ross, but... Uh, there was a there was a spell when Ross would go out for a piss and Chelsea would also score, and we actually came out with a song. We score when Ross pees. We score when anyway. <laughs> I digress. Um, have you ever kind of like you know tried to kind of figure out what match that was? I mean, I uh, you know, has curiosity not got the better of you? Yeah, on YouTube there's I mean, Mark Hughes every goal for Chelsea, and I remember it as a diving header, but then he doesn't score one in his video. Um, so trying to work out what header it was. So obviously he scored a few for us. Um, it's proven a bit difficult, but my brother doesn't seem to remember either what game this was. So, yeah. Someone might know that's listening. There you go. There'll be a prize for the person who gets it right. Um, you got season tickets a few years after that, didn't you? I would imagine with your dad. Yeah, what what season was that? So this was 2001-2002 uh, season. We went up to Stamford Bridge on the Friday the season started on Saturday and they had two tickets in the in the family section then, which was a shed end, which were 10 seats apart. So we would go every week, ask everyone to move their seats down so we could sit together. And then a couple of years later, got the year later, sorry, my sister got a season ticket as well. And that was the same thing. A few more seats down. So we like keep moving people up and down. Um, yeah, there's one one guy that wouldn't move on the first game. There's always one, Dean. There's always yeah. one. So it was my dad, me, this random man, and then my sister. Um, and she was giving him an earful um, during the game. <laughs> Brilliant. Now that would have been, um, let me just think, 2001-2. So that's, that is Ranieri's second season in charge, isn't it? Yeah. I think. So he, I think, did he come midway through in his first season? I th- I'm just trying to remember. I think he. Well, that's just actually yeah. Two thousand, two thousand and one. I think. I think. Uh, I mean, you know, because I'm terrible at this, as everybody knows. But I, I think two thousand, two thousand and one was when Ranieri started because uh, Luca got turfed out um, in that October. But I could be wrong. But um, that was an interesting time for us. I think if it's the season that I'm thinking of, that's the season where we had so little money that the only player... I'm going to go and check this out while I'm talking, but the only player that we bought was Kike De Lucas, and we didn't even buy him because he came in on a free. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember him um, with the bleach blonde hair. We seemed to be quite continental compared to everyone else at the time. Um, yeah, I was sort of 10, 11 then, so sort of the memories of it are a bit, a bit funny still. But yeah, this was obviously pre-Roman. Um, which is why we was able to get tickets the day before the season started. Yeah. And yeah, so we got in just in time. And then obviously a couple of years of watching I'm not look- amazing football, but 
No, I mean, it, 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 it was, you know, I mean, I think people forget this, actually, that, you know, I mean, we all, we all know now why and how, uh, you know, Luke had got the old tin tack. But actually, people forget at the time when Ranieri came in that the, the club basically, after a lot of spending, particularly on wages for the fancy players that we were signing, were in fairly dire straits, actually. And of course, all this came to a head, didn't it? Um, you know, in that Liverpool match where we had to get into the Champions League, otherwise we would have gone bust. But um, it's interesting, you know. I, I think, I'm looking looking at it now, actually, the season 2001-2, and I'm absolutely sure that that's the same year I came back to the fold, actually, uh, Dino. We've got a bit of a... There we go, we've got something in common, and I didn't realise this. I'm just going to look at some of the early matches, because I'm wondering when... when uh, when uh, Luca got the old tin tack here, manager, uh, 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 manager. Ah, oh, right, Claudio Ranieri. No, no, it was. The, I was right first time. Season before, uh, Luca got the tin tack. So the two thousand and one two season was the first season where Ranieri was bona fide yeah. in charge for the whole season. But yeah, it's that's the season I came back into the fold. Funnily enough, I remember some of these matches vividly. I remember because I didn't. I don't think I had a season ticket then. I was getting getting tickets on membership. But uh, Ipswich Town, I remember that. Remember that match? I uh, probably couldn't tell you any matches apart from one, which was Man United. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's yeah yeah yeah. Well, we won. We but we won that one three nil, which was a no. That was away. That was a. That's that's that amazing Hasselbank goal. I remember that. Um, you you're talking about the the time when we lost three 0 aren't you? That was in April. Yeah, um, I remember. My dad was actually having a piss then, and <laughs> they scored the third. And I got up, I walked out, and as he come out the toilet, I said, "Could we just go in?" Um, and so I've done ever since. As we're losing, we're never going to win. I will walk out. I can't stand to watch us lose. Well, to be fair, mate, it was Solskjaer on uh, eighty-six minutes, so you didn't you didn't miss too too much too many uh, too much yeah. action. I mean, the Ipswich Town game was on November the fourth. I remember that vividly because uh, Sam Dalabona, probably the, one of the only bloody goals he scored for us, scored on ninety minutes, but uh, kind of saved our blushes really against a poor Ipswich side. Uh, so we scraped a two-one win there, and I do remember. I remember the Blackburn Rovers game at home, one of the worst games of football I think I've seen. And I think that's the match where Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank took a shot about five yards outside of the D of the penalty area, and it actually it was so bad. He he shanked it so badly it actually went out for a throw on the right hand side. I think it was he was shooting towards the shed end, and it went out. It went out on the uh, the right hand side. So it was one of the worst, worst games I've seen. Nil-nil. Unbelievable. Um, I've got to remember that, unless you've done that a few times. Uh, sort of, yeah, one of these shots going all the way across. You remember that? Somehow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a funny old season. That. <laughs> I mean, I think we actually ended up, uh, we ended up in the final of the FA Cup that season, as I recall, because I remember, yeah, I remember, yeah, we, yeah, we, we all went up to... Uh, that's right, semi-final of the League Cup with the awful, awful defeat to Tottenham, uh, which is in... I was, I was obviously at the home leg. I'm, I'm just going to check this out. But I know we ended up in Cardiff that year against Arsenal. And I remember having... You know, because as I said, I mean, it, we, it hadn't really dawned on us the kind of situation that we were in because we'd had all that success relatively recently. 
And then, you know, obviously they weren't spending a lot of money. But we still had some bloody good players. I mean, Good Johnson and Hasselbank, obviously. John Terry breaking through. Um, but yeah, the, going back to the Tottenham match, the home leg, the 2-1, uh, I remember that very, very well. Ferdinand scoring that important away goal. And then we got absolutely walloped 5-1 up there, which was just desperate at the time. So there we go. How bizarre. I never realised that. I mean, I, I then went. I then got my season ticket the next season with Dr. Mar. ended up sitting next to him for years and years and years. But there you go. Um we just kind of mentioned a few players there. Of course, one we didn't we didn't mention, of course, this was kind of the the height of uh, Gianfranco Zola. But uh, he wasn't your only uh, favourite player from from your, well, what I would call favourite players growing up, was he? Yeah, yeah. No, everyone obviously loved Gianfranco, little magician on the ball. He was sort of everyone's favourite. But you know, myself, I played as a goalkeeper, um, and I'm quite vertically challenged, as I like to call it. And um, so was Carlo. So I used to copy Carlo Cudicini, everything he did, I did on, on the Sunday when I was playing myself. You know, he used to mark out his uh, centre of his goal on his six-yard box. He used to do that. He used to have a little run and jump on his crossbar when the ball was at the other end of the pitch, and I would do that as well. Um, I used to put the number 23 on the back of my shirt because um, everyone would chant Carlo and they would do the same as, as Dino to me. Um, so he was obviously you know, the one growing up. Um, that I would say that I would love, yeah, as my hero. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Carlo Cudicini as well, of course, just was a brilliant goalkeeper, one of our best players at the time. I think he might have won Player of the Year in and around that time. Um, but, uh, you know, what about uh, kind of, I mean, you know, I'm tempted to, to, to kind of stay with what you were saying, really, because um, I know that Cudicini is a, a massive hero of yours, but... If you if you were to be held down and threatened with extreme violence, who would you say your Chelsea hero is? I'd go with with Frank Lampard <laughs> over everyone. Not not Carlo. No, I mean Carlo was was personal, but for what Frank achieved um, with the club, um, his ability, the way he drove himself to to be the best, because he wasn't naturally the best player on on the pitch, but in training he put in you know the effort. And I think when Mourinho turned up and said, you'll be the best player in the world, you know, he had someone who believed in him the way that Harry Redknapp did all those years ago. And, you know, that growth from 2003 up to winning the Champions League, you know, I don't think anyone's sort of matched that, in my opinion, you know, for what he achieved. Obviously, John Terry missed out on those cup finals, but, you know, Frank was there with the armband. So for me, if there's going to be another player with a statue in in a few years, it's going to be Frank. Mm. I mean that that's so hard to argue with. I mean, you know, I I know that you know you're in a. I think you might be possibly the youngest on the fan cast at the moment, so it's kind of no surprise that that you would naturally gravitate towards Frank. But I think actually, if you asked all of us, even though we had heroes when we were growing up from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever, I think it'd be you'd be hard pressed to not say that that Frank Lampard's your hero but uh i mean maybe when we're old we don't have heroes so much that's my excuse what about what about the current squad you've got a few favorites the current squad haven't you yeah sort of all in midfield strangely enough um i've been a big fan of Jorginho um since he arrived and that's you know partly due to Cesc Fabregas um when Fabregas joined sort of led me to see football in a slightly different way he was so different to any other midfielder that we had had before Everyone was always, you know, pure strength or or brute, and or you had like Makaleli who was sweeping up, but Cesc was always different, and Jorginho sort of carried that on 
um, since Seska's left. So Jorginho has been a big favourite of mine, especially the way that he's um, he's battled with the fans um, to get them back on side. To have them sing his name this year was you know was quite special. Um, you know, Mateo Kovacic as well. Um, he's had a fantastic season up to now. And then you know, coming through, you've got um, Billy Gilmore, who looks the sort of the same mould as someone I think we should all be very excited about. Yeah, I t- totally. I'm, as you know, totally with you on Billy Gilmore. I think he's one of the most impressive youngsters I've seen at the club for many, many a year. Outstanding talent. Uh, the kind of player I like as well, you know, gets his foot in. But uh, I think you're right, actually. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, Chelsea fans basically get a bad press a lot of the time, but we're a fair bunch. And, you know, whilst I know Jorginho got a lot of stick uh, under Sarri last year, okay, I think a lot of it was really, he was the obvious and easiest target uh, on the pitch as a kind of a, you know, uh, what do they call him? You know, son of Sarri, really, wasn't it? But I think, you know, Chelsea fans are fair and I think he's turned up this year and people have been rightly supportive of him and it's kind of good to see, isn't it? But there you go. Let's talk about some of your favourite matches and and I've got your first one up here, which, uh, do you know what? I mean, obviously I was there, but do you know what? I don't really remember much about this and that's appalling when you think about it. This is is Chelsea 4, Tottenham 2 in the FA Cup semi-final in uh, in April 2017 uh, do you know, I really I mean I remember the Matic goal which is what what you you kind of tipped me the wink about because it was I remember he absolutely slaughtered it didn't he yeah it was such um sort of going to Wembley you know for me is the highlight of any season um you give me Wembley over any other competition you know I think it's so special and we sort of was there and it sort of felt like Tottenham thought that they had the game won before we kicked off um, and obviously, what happened um, with you know, Hazard being on the bench? I think uh, Batshuayi started. Um, it sort of seemed like we agreed with their view that they were going to turn up and they were going to win. Um, and then we absolutely sort of dominated them, really. And then it got to three-two, and you know, Matic hit that thunderbolt, and it was you know just pure ecstasy to, to win a game against Tottenham at Wembley with a goal like that. You know, it was something special, and obviously. Wembley takes a while to get home from, so the celebrations can last you know a bit longer than they do at Stamford Bridge. You know, it's pretty special. It's bizarre. I, I I really remember so little about this match, which is just nuts considering it was only a couple of years ago. But uh, what I do remember was that um, William scored twice, and I think there was some kind of hoo ha beforehand because uh, you know both Chesk and uh, and Eden Hazard didn't start. Uh, I mean, Mitchy Batshuayi started, which seems incredible now when you look at it. Um, but basically, you know, William, who was Hazard's replacement for the match, did all right, scored a couple of goals. But Tottenham came back uh, twice. We went we went one nil up. William on five. Then Kane equalised on eighteen. William again with a penalty on forty three. Then Ali scored on fifty two. And Spurs were actually putting up a, a a really decent show. But you know, basically, uh, Antonio Conte brought on, as I said. Fabregas and Eden Hazard and it changed the game and as you say you know when Matic walloped that in I think Spurs were were, were well beaten before uh, before Matic uh, finished them off on 80 minutes but uh, weird how you, you you remember something I mean I remember things that happened years ago but can't remember what happened yesterday I think that's another example of it but a great game I mean beating Spurs in any game is always special Cheech JK in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? 
Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, you picked another couple of games out, actually. One one I, I remember very well, funnily enough. And uh, in fact, I remember both of these quite well. We'll talk about the first one first. It's Chelsea beating Wigan 8-0, which has kind of gone down in folklore, really. Um, you know, amazing, amazing team, that Carlo team, wasn't it? Yeah, this is one of the games I wrote about recently on the, on the, on the Fancast website. Um, sort of 2010, uh, just turned just 18 that, that summer. Um, so it was sort of a different experience to, to go and watch Chelsea um, with alcohol involved. Um, and I had £5 on us to beat them 7-0. So we'd won 7-0, I think, twice before in the season. So I stuck that on, I think it was 125-1. to 1. Um, So we was obviously 7-0 up with not long to go. So every time we had the ball in the box, I was the only one shouting for them to clear the ball um, and sort of cheering on Wigan clearances. And um, People didn't really understand why. And then... Who other than Ashley Cole would pop up and score the eighth goal? Um, but yeah, the, the Carlo team was just so fun to watch. They were so attacking. They scored so many good goals. And obviously, being legal, legally old enough to drink beer as well as watch Chelsea, uh, that was sort of a special season for me. Well, absolutely. <clears throat> and I mean, I, I remember I loved that because I'd, I'd never seen, obviously, I'd never seen Chelsea beat a side. 8-0, of course, you know, it, in a sense, it was the... It, 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 if you look at the table and the, and the fact that Chelsea only won it by one point against United, it makes it look like it was close. But I, 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 I mean, I think maybe because we won 8-0, it just doesn't feel like it had been close at all. But it was an astonishing match. Uh, two and Elka goals, Lampard, Kalou, Drogba got a hat-trick, of course, and uh, and Joey Cole. But uh, I... I, I, I kind of look, look back at it now and I just wonder, well, when will I see Chelsea beat anybody in the Premier League 8-0 again? It might never happen again. Yeah, and there's obviously we had that period, sort of the first season under Mourinho. Um, my dad would always bet 4-0, 4-1 at home. And he would win you know, a few of those bets. So then he started to go deeper and deeper into the sort of defensive side where we'd go 1-0 up and we'd shut up shop and then that was it. And then 
you know, kind of unleashed this new brand of football where we would score goals for fun. And, you know, I don't remember the season being at you know, one point in the title. I sort of remember us you know, being this free-flowing team that sort of run away with the league. Obviously, it's not how that happened. But, you know, winning that, that last game to win the league 8-0 just shows what a side there was. Mm. Yes, it was. There was pressure on them, it has to be said, because they had to win that. Otherwise, United would have would have snatched the title away. The last match that you've cited as one of your favourite... I'll tell you what I, I like, Dean. You know, it, the, these are not what I would call obvious choices, which makes them even more interesting. But you've chosen... I mean, I suppose this one, you know, is, is special. Although, of course, we won the title up at Bolton, obviously. Uh, but the last home game, I think it was the last home game of the season, wasn't it? Because we, yeah. Yeah, we had United... Uh, after that, where we won three one, and uh, we had Newcastle away, where we drew one all. But the uh, the last home game of that season, which I do remember very vividly, was where we beat Charlton one nil. Uh, so that's where we saw. I remember I've got I got photographs and all sorts of this of us lifting the title uh, for the first time in fifty years. So you've obviously got some fond memories of that. Yeah. So with the with the games I've chosen, I've sort of gone with ones that I was at and with you know my strongest memories of, and you know I remember. Um, sort of the game was quite a, a weird atmosphere because obviously we'd just won the league um, sort of what we were sort of playing for we were just sort of waiting to lift the title was the sort of overwhelming feeling like just get this game out of the way so we can get the title on the pitch and lift it and then we got the penalty in the last last minute which I don't think was a penalty I think he was outside the box and you know they give McAlealy because he hadn't scored a goal for Chelsea Um the goalkeeper saves it and he puts in the rebound. Uh, I remember Lenny Pidgeley being in goal, you know, sprinting up and jumping in the celebrations. A bit like Robert Green with the Europa League trophy. You know, hadn't done anything all year and, and joins in the party. And I remember like just you know, being with my dad and my dad just sort of being in tears that um, we were lifting a league title on something that you know he never thought he would experience. You know, for me, I was only there two years before. Abramovich took over and you know the club changed overnight into what it is today so I've not sort of had that you know heartbreak that he's had and be able to see him what it meant to him and sort of etched that into me as well. Mm. I mean I remember it vividly actually because it was down my end that McAlealy took that penalty and it was very hilarious it reminds me a bit like um, it's happened more recently hasn't it as well I think Mikel yeah. a similar kind of thing but McAlealy as you said he, he, he fluffed his lines a bit and uh Anderson saved it and then he got the rebound uh, and I do remember a lot of laughter at that time it, it kind of said it, it kind of didn't really matter because we'd already won the title we knew that but it was nice to a win and b uh, see McAlealy absolutely brilliant player by the way score that goal but uh, those might be three uh, favorite matches but uh, not your best Chelsea moment is it no this my best Chelsea moment is Basically, alcohol-related. Um, I think they're always <laughs> the best moments. Um, we went away to to Barcelona. This was um, I put the wrong year down here. This was under Hiddink, um, 09. Um, we held them to a nil-nil draw. And my, my dad hates being locked in the ground, so we was actually gone just as they were locking the gates. Um, so we got back to the this like cafe restaurant. We didn't actually know the final score. Um, waited for everyone else so we were we've been in there for sort of an hour um, a few of us obviously drinking away they come back and it was nil nil and it was it was like we had won the Champions League the party that we had in this 
in this cafe. Um, it was quite extraordinary, like people on tables and chairs. We'd only it was only the first leg. We we'd drawn nil nil. It was the first sort of time I'd ex, sort of experienced that, and it's something that I'd never forget. And the photos from this dodgy bar by the marina that we went to at sort of three in the morning. Um, you know, it's just sort of a yeah, really special moment. You know, in my in my Chelsea life. Mm. And and you're right, actually. Of course, that that nil nil. Uh, in the in the camp, new gets massively overshadowed by what happened in the return leg when we got totally mugged off by that Norwegian referee Overbro, uh, and totally undeservedly got booted out of the Champions League. But I think you know the the, the reality is the groundwork can be done in that nil nil, which was a, again another brilliant uh, kind of defensive performance really by Chelsea, uh, which that side really for five or six years was I don't think there was anybody better in the world at what I would call shit house results they were the they were the masters of that weren't they Dean yeah I mean we were up against Barcelona it was like polar opposites you know they were at the time you know the best side that many people had ever seen um and the people haven't seen a side that good since and we would always rock up and and show you know that no matter what you do you know we have got something up our sleeves that's going to stop you and you know I think the feeling after the game was we got away without them scoring at Stamford Bridge, you know, we could we could get a result with the players that we had, um, you know, keeping Messi quiet, something that we had done before. And we sort of felt that sort of not the tie was won, but not many people had given us a chance and we'd shown again, you know, that's what Chelsea do time and time again. You know, when the odds are against us we we turn up. Mm. Absolutely. Now it's interesting, isn't it, we mentioned the re- the return leg, which uh, I have to say if I was being asked what one of my most or worst moments as a Chelsea supporter was, that would be up there. I don't think I've ever felt so just disappointed and angry at the same time, at the injustice of it all. But it's not your worst moment, is it? No, I've gone again with something that, you know, so I was at. And, you know, this obviously being a senior holder just a couple of years before Abramovich, I've not had many bad moments. Um, I've been quite blessed that we've been so successful and, you know, had good sides. You know, and what I was talking about earlier, that Manchester United game, I remember Beckham scoring. Um, he celebrated on the goal line um, in front of us. Um, I don't know. This is a bit hazy still, but I sort of just remember that and cupping his ears. Do you remember what um, year it was? It would have been between 2001-2003. Um, so I think he moved to Real Madrid in 2003. Do you, I wonder if I wonder if this was. Uh, I'm just trying to think. You know, there was a. Yeah, I think it was this one. Um, Could have been an FA Cup game. No, and I'm, I'm just thinking it might have been that. You see, I remember a game, um, but it was the first match of the season actually on a Friday night. I'm bloody sure of it in August and. Uh, and we got dubbed three 0 by them. I'm sure, but maybe I'm just getting. I mean, because you you mentioned the one uh, earlier on, didn't you, in uh, 2001 two, when we lost three 0 But that was when Solskjaer scored. That's when you walked out early. But I do remember another game where we got absolutely dubbed by them, and I'm bloody sure it was on a Friday night. Ah, oh, my memory, my memory, hazy as ever. I wonder if it was in 2002 three. Let's have a look. No. Uh, ba, 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 ba. No. Oh, actually, do you know what? No, it, I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got it right, but wrong. If you see what I mean, we didn't get dubbed, but it felt like it. We drew two all 
uh, with them. And this was uh, 2002, Friday the 23rd of August. So it was kind of a weird Friday night match. Uh, and Beckham scored. Uh, no, yes, he did. Beckham scored on 26 minutes, Giggs on 66 minutes. We scored on 3 minutes and 45 minutes. Zenden scored, bizarrely. So there we go. So you know, you can't remember much beyond that. I remember him being on the goal line and celebrating, and me being there and, and getting up. Um, but so that could be, you know, a cross memory with later on in the game, leaving. Um, I just remember that because I think he got stick from from Chelsea every time he played them. Well, yeah. Um, uh, a member of Frank Lampard's song, um, which was quite popular when we played against David Beckham. I'm pretty sure you're talking about 2002, mate, which is the one you walked out in. Yeah, it, it, probably, it possibly could have been. Someone probably corrects us. Well, he, he didn't score, but it was definitely a Beckham-type thing to do, to stand on the halfway line and uh, basically or, or celebrate on the goal line and just uh, giving it to us because that's what he used to do. But that, let's not dwell on the bad moments because, of course, there have been more good uh, than bad, actually, in the last kind of 20 years, which is what we're talking about, which is uh, wonderful to... Uh, to talk about um, now, you you I mean you kind of missed the boat on this on the fan cast when we used to infect people's ears every week by singing them terrible songs. But I, I like to think that Chelsea's got a very rich history of songs, and uh, I bet you've got a few ones as well. Yeah, obviously that um, uh, the one about Victoria Beckham and Frank Lampard's a you know a popular one still. Um, you know, I love it when we just go with Chelsea, 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 Chelsea um, in defiance of anyone else. Um, you know, but my favourite happened on my, you know, my best memory. You know, in Barcelona, um, you know, in the early hours, it sort of started up, and I don't think it was ever heard again since. But you know, we sung it for hours, and it was. Um, I'm gonna have to sing it, aren't I? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to apologise before this. Okay. Um, so it was. Um, we're going to Rome. We're going to Rome. We'll be on a piss with Abramovich. We're going to Rome. Like on on repeat over and over again. It was you know, it was it was basically a party in this is cafe for a nil nil draw away to Barcelona, and it was um yeah a late a late a late morning finish. I remember at that time we we also had another version of that. Fuck you, Afa. We're going to Rome. I remember that one being sung quite a lot. Uh, yeah, we don't like your wafer, uh, and I think after that uh, 2009 Barcelona fiasco, it's hardly surprising. Uh, Dean, it's been a real pleasure talking to you about your Chelsea, and it's really quite refreshing um, to talk to one of my mob uh, about the more recent past, rather than you know, it's quite interesting, you know, talking to people like J.K. and Clayton. They're talking about matches that were, you know, they were going to, and I was only about two. Uh, so it, you know, I don't have any memory of those. Obviously, I know about them through the history, but I have no memory of them. Obviously, but these are all—I mean, apart from the fact I can't remember anything—these are all fairly fresh in my mind. And I, and I never knew that that actually you and I effectively got season tickets at the same time. Yeah. So if you think about it, really, you know, because we showed up, you know, things changed. Yeah, it's all down to us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Although I often I often say because you know I mean I, I had such a bizarre history of following Chelsea and I'm, I'm nothing like half the fans and friends that I, I know now that go. Uh, I mean, I was just too lazy to go because I was living down in Hampshire and I, I couldn't understand why I'd spend two hours in a car going to a football match. But uh, when I moved back to London and Dr. Mart, you know, basically insisted I went back, um, I used to, I used to, I kind of like would say, well, you know, I'm not a glory hunter because I, I turned up kind of 2001 <laughs> and we weren't exactly setting the world alight. 
you know we had no money and uh and we weren't doing that well of course it's a bit of a lie because we just won the fa cup hadn't we the year before but nevertheless yeah. uh, i like to string that line but it's really fascinating no i didn't write you know it's interesting how how you know our time at chelsea recently has kind of followed a similar path so there we go but dean brilliant uh, of you to share that with us i really enjoyed that and uh you and i will speak again very soon no doubt yeah it's been it's been great to you know, talk about some good memories and you know even though the football's not on it's you know great to talk about chelsea still always good to talk about chelsea dean especially with people like you mate you take care stay well and i will see you soon yeah likewise thank you Judge. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.